don't you want to see that star? The one that we've read about and sung about and sought to approximate in all of our holiday symbolism. The one blazing against the midnight backdrop, interrupting the mundane, ordinary night, sparking the undeniable need in those who see it to follow in its beams. That's what we want to see, right? Some people search for it their entire lives, in fact. There was at one time a movement among, among biblical scholars to try to analyze ancient astrological records. They were hoping to find something, anything, that would prove the appearance of the star described in the Gospel of Matthew round about the time of Jesus' birth. Something so large and definitive, they reasoned, must have been a kind of generational occurrence. Surely there must be some record of it somewhere. It was as though if they themselves could not see it, they at least wanted to verify that someone once did. And it seems to me that this is the test that we often pose to God. Show us something large and bright and bold. Demonstrate this in some way that can't be denied. Verify it for us in the ways that we're asking you to. Something that we can't miss. This kind of stargazing is as old as the prophets and the people to whom they thundered. The prophet Isaiah, the prophet of Advent, whose voice speaks so clearly with expectation, right along with us in this season, he can be heard at times crying out to God almost with frustration or desperation, God, how we wish you would break open the heavens and come down. How we wish the mountains would move. How we wish you would make your name known to those who oppose your goodness, how we want you to cause the nations to tremble in your presence. In other words, show us something, God. Do something. Rend the heavens. Break open the mountains. Do something we can see. Make some noise. Flash something against the night times of our lives. Because a God that makes loud noise is a God that I can always hear, right? And a God that breaks things open and comes with great displays and strength is a God that I can always see, right? And a God that shines the light so boldly, brightly, that all I can do is follow. Well, that's a God that I can always know and a God that I can easily explain. But then, God does not come that way. I guess there are those few so distant from us, somewhere in the east even, that see a star so bright that they set the path of their lives to it. But most of us, we're going to have to look for other signs. One of the holy moments in the rhythm of my Advent has become in recent years when I received the daily Advent devotion from my good friend Roger Smith. Roger was a deacon in a former church, and he always takes one day in the church's Advent Guide to write the devotion, which is sent out, emailed out. And Roger is a kind and compassionate man who's developed his own ministry in New York. He works for a law firm, but he also has this ministry in his life amidst friends who, for one reason or another, have felt frustrated with God or been wounded by the church. And he writes of one such friend, Donnie, 
whom he met some 40 years ago when he was an undergraduate and he was studying for a career in the ministry. At age 20, Donnie was kind and generous. He was a good speaker. He was an excellent student. He was one of the stars of his school. Such promise in this man. But a year later, he told a few friends and teachers that he was gay. And immediately, what happened is what so often and tragically happens in the institutions and the traditions of the Christian church. And that is that some people started to ask Donnie to stop coming around. That is that a rumor mill started and a large church that had offered him a position upon graduation rescinded its offer. What happened was that where he was looking for compassion and support and thought that he would find it, he found only distancing. He found a loss of relationship. And Roger says that his letters from this time chronicle a growing loss and an anger until he finally walked away from the church. And he also walked away from God and he never really looked back. Well, the decades since have been rich and full for Donnie. Roger calls him one of the most generous men that he knows. He has many Christian friends and friends of other faiths, but he has let all of them know that he really has no interest talking about church or the Bible or talking about God. And if you persist, his anger returns, his defenses go up, he will walk away or he'll hang up the phone. But then Roger describes how last Advent, something remarkable happened. It was small. It wasn't flashy. In fact, he almost missed it amidst everything else, but at the end of a long phone conversation, just before he hung up, Donnie said ever so softly, oh yeah, oh yeah, for what it's worth, I've been praying a little lately, for the first time in a long time. And Roger writes, Donnie said this to me softly, about as softly as a baby crying in a manger. There are bold, powerful signs in the story of Jesus' birth. There are grand moments of great spectacle and strength, like an angelic chorus appearing across the deep blue of midnight where you just can't miss it, or like an angel appearing to Mary in the midst of her swelling fear, and then again to Joseph in his troubling uncertainty, or like the star that shines so brightly, so compellingly, that it has the sages searching, traveling, setting out for a light unlike all lights they had seen before. But the definitive moment, the moment when it happens, it is not like that at all. It is quiet, it is intimate, it is particular, it is detailed. No, God doesn't in that moment break open the heavens and come down. God sneaks into a barn on the edge of town to be born in the stable of a world where everyone is craning their necks and gazing at the sky. We've been swept up into this story today through Appalachian carols and songs. And to those, I would like to add one more. It is a song or a poem that is penned by the poet farmer from the hills of Kentucky, Wendell Berry, who was on one dark Christmas Eve making the rounds on his small farm. 
But then he recognized something about the night that was familiar to him. It took him to a place that even if he hadn't known it, he felt like he should have known it or experienced it before because he realized that Christmas Eve, standing out amidst the night, oh, this is how it happened. And he wrote this, remembering that it happened once, we cannot turn away the thought as we go out cold to our barns toward the long night's end that we ourselves are living in the world it happened in when it first happened. That we ourselves, opening a stall, a latch thrown open countless times before, might find them breathing there. Foreknown, the child bedded in straw, the mother kneeling over him, the husband standing in belief, us standing with one hand on the door, looking into another world. Because we ourselves are living in the world it happened in when it first happened. I don't know about you, but I've come to a place in my life of faith that I can admit that I have never seen the star. But if I'm paying attention to my life, if I'm watching, if I'm listening, how many signs, how many wonders surround, how many ways... Is God coming near once again in this world where it first happened? Because if you're always looking for a star so bright that you'd follow it, well, you might fail to find the glimpses of the mother, the father, looking for a room right in your midst. And if you're so focused on the heavenly hosts, well, you might not notice all of the earthly elemental signs of God's grace and presence that surround. If you're always tuning your ears, listening for the earthquake or the rumble, well, you will not hear the softness of the baby's cry. And God comes to us like that, which is to say that God loves us like that. Not always in the ways that we want and expect, as much as in the ways that we truly need. Ways intimately aware of our lives. Ways softly making an appearance in the details of our places. Ways knowing so well the needs and the struggles of our particular times. And so friends, this Advent, in these days that remain, let's lower our gaze. Let's find God coming near to us in the ways intimate as our own needs and particular as our own lives and individual as our own names. Let's find God in the details in our stories and in the things that we can find within reach in the grace that we can see at the ground level in the quiet nearness of people we love and the tender acts of care that we share with a neighbor in the ways that we seek to be part of birthing hope and making known the love and the justice of Jesus of Nazareth and the things that we bring to offer of ourselves and in the baby sleeping quietly wherever room can be found and in all these ways God with us love coming near all these things reminders that are bold and clear and verifiable that as it happened once it happens still and it happens in us and may it be so through Jesus Christ our Lord.
Amen.